knowing your story, and I think it has to be done in community with another person who can look into you and go, this thing that you think is normal and everybody does isn't normal. And everybody has that. 400 plus books now I'm into. The very best part of every author, almost everyone we've worked with, and I'd say probably the last three years because it's become part of what we do. We can find things that they don't even know are there that become some of their hallmark stories, vignettes, and content. But you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mental Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Lobos. And uh, you know what? Today is a really, really fun interview. Um, my guest is Jeremy Brown. Obviously, you know how this goes. Before I tell you all about Jeremy, let me make sure we get to the business side. It's a free business side. The Mental Purpose community, you got to join it. We are growing like crazy. We have free coaching in there. We have incredible resources. We are an ecosystem for like-minded individuals and men who are looking to be on purpose, to take their life to a new level, elevate, evolve, be educated, just like empowered. Just join it. It's free. You got nothing to lose. Literally nothing to lose. So let me get to this quick because this interview is long. Jeremy Brown, he is a professional storyteller and he helps people write books on their story. Here's why this is different today. And you are going to want to listen to this entire thing because it is jam-packed. I didn't know how this interview was going to go. I have ideas on how interviews are going to go. I have some things that I might want to talk about and some directions I may want to take it. I don't really plan them out. I let them happen naturally. This thing started before we started recording. We like connected instantly and I started asking him questions and I said, you know, we got to start recording. And man, we got into some massive depth about the power of the story. Not only that, we got into the power of finding your authentic self. One of our pillars in the mental purpose community, revealing the most authentic self and living the most fulfilling and regret-free life possible. And so we talk about Everybody has a life story. We talk about the impacts of a story of sharing. We talk about how you can change people's lives by sharing your story. What you need to do to be able to share your story. Structures and formats to be able to share. Um, why he started the company. We talk about failures. We talk about struggling to find your purpose and finding your purpose. We talk about his burn process. The diamond, steel, and gold. The beginnings, the urgency, the refinement. And the, um, and the newness, that's the end in the burn process. I, I thought this was one of the most fun interviews I have done to date. And I have fun with almost every interview. Not that I don't have fun. There's different levels of fun. Some are obviously a little more serious than, than like something like this. We had a blast. You guys are going to have a blast. You're going to feel our energy the entire time. It's really positive. It's very upbeat. We're really in sync with each other. This was just such a great interview, and I can't wait to talk to Jeremy again, have him back on the podcast. Maybe we'll have him as a guest in the Mental Purpose community or at one of our frontrunner events to teach something to this audience about getting their story out. Because look, here's the thing. You think you're alone until you know somebody else shares the same shit. And you think that you're the only one that has that story until you hear someone else share it right? Nobody's alone out there. No one has a unique situation. We all have stuff that's happened to us and we all have a way that we processed it. We all have stories and, and made up stuff around the stuff that happens to us. We call that evidence versus emotion in our world. There's nothing truly more powerful in my opinion than sharing your story with another human being 
to connect with them on a deep level and for them to understand that they are not alone. And not only are they not alone, they've got a brother here that can help walk them through something because maybe the mountain that you climbed is a mountain that this person now needs to climb. And so you want to talk about legacy? That's the other thing we talk about, by the way. You want to talk about legacy? When you are somebody that can share a story and then help somebody mentally and emotionally process through how that's going to happen and how they're going to see that mountain climb and what it looks like at the top or on the other side, you have now left a legacy. You have now had a purpose in life. You now have left the world different and more positive, more impacted positively than when you got here. That's true power. That's true influence. That is legacy, people. So let's talk about all that stuff in the Jeremy Brown interview. Hope you enjoy. All right, Jeremy, the power of the story or the power of your story is what I named this episode because in my opinion, when you got pitched to me by your agent or your podcast booker, whoever it was, like I'm telling you right now, I think one of the most powerful things that you can do, and I know you're going to agree, is you share your story with other people and one, like in my opinion, they know they're not alone because most of us, if not all of us, have at one time or many times in our life thought, I'm the only one. That's it. I am so alone right now. No one understands me. When you share your story, when you share with someone what you've been through or what you've gotten from like, you know, working the mental purpose coaching world or our masterminds or our front runner events, when you share with somebody what you've been through, where you've come from, what you did to change it and where you are now, it is inspiring. And so that was the biggest reason why I was like, yes, this is going to be a great topic for people to understand. Not in terms of call Jeremy and get a book written. That's a bonus. It's, right. it's more of start sharing your story with people because if you want to have and leave a legacy that's more important than what you do, the legacy is about who you are. And sharing your story, like... Come on. Yeah, dude, that, that, is, that is probably the number one thing I tell people to do is share what you've experienced. So I want to get your thoughts on that first and foremost. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot to unpack there. Yeah. And there's some, there's some beautiful things. And I think there's a big question that I've been asking, and I don't even know if this is going to come out right because this is really like in real time. I'm like pondering this as I – because I've interviewed well over 600 people and not just like an interview – uh, like the each interview lasted over eight hours or longer. Some wow. cases like thirty, forty hours. Wow! And these are people who have who have excelled in some area of their life, and I got to unpack their life. Hmm. And so this is where I approach this from. So we know that everybody's life tells a story, right? Everybody's does, and I can learn from stories. I also know there's there's a way that story works. There's a way to tell a story that works. There's a structure to every story. And it's the same kind of basic structure. And that's what I saw as I was interviewing people is I, I was like, there's a cycle in everybody's life, whether it's an atheist in Australia, an entrepreneur in Singapore, or someone right here in South Dakota where I'm at, our life works in cycles, story works in cycles like the earth works in seasons. Yeah. So like this is how it relates. If And this is my thought. And, and, I, and again, I'm free-flowing with you just like I like Please rigged do, up man. this mic that's in front of me. <laughs> Because uh, I'm, I'm asking this question right now to myself and, and to people like yourself who are, who are thinkers. Um, leadership, a big part of leadership is self-awareness, right? If, if I don't have a lot of self-awareness, I can't really lead myself or anybody else. Sure. So how could I know who I am if I don't know my story? 
understanding one's story, processing that, thinking it through, uh, processing it, laying it on the table in community with other people to look at it, I think is such a fundamental foundational step in order to step into a place that I call fullness, where one is bringing their full self to the table. All of their experiences, like you've had a lot of them, you've had 20 years of them, that's how you're making everything that you're making, your masterminds, your front runner programs, everything, you can bring your full self to the table for other people, you're walking in anointing, you're walking in fullness of time, fullness of your experiences, and then you don't have to worry about competing with other people and nobody can compete with you. Just like when I went to your website, I went to your website, I read and I read about the about section, like your story. Yeah. And it helps me connect with you. Everybody has masterminds, everybody's got programs, everybody's got stuff, but not how you do because nobody's walked what you've walked. That allows you to bring into everything you're doing what you're up to. Now, think about this though. If you if you separated your story from what you're doing, you're not, it, I I it's easy to compete with. I can make a program. Totally. I can do this. But your story is what makes it completely unique, and it lets me know as somebody looking at you, this is somebody I want to participate with. This is I want to engage with this person. Yeah. It's a it's a foundational for spiritual formation, identity formation, business development, so many things we can do if we understand our story, how to share it, and how to wield the power of it. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much the interview right there. So thanks for being on. Just kidding. <laughs> Let's check out. I thought, that's, that's, that all. Was so, that's all I got. That was so well framed. That was so well put. Um, no, dude, it, you, you, you're completely right. And I, I, um, I had this conversation with somebody this morning. And I said, people often ask me, why do you have other coaches on your podcast if you're a coach and that's your business? And I said, because I don't see competition. When I was a real estate agent, I saw competition. When I was with my dad and his business in the shipping business, I was ruthless against my competition. Like, regardless of what it took, I would take you out. Because I was scared that if you beat me, that meant I, I'm not worthy. I, I'm not valuable. I'm unlovable. Whatever, make up whatever shit you want in there. Like, the right. uns, that's what I thought I was if I didn't beat you. And then in my real estate business, like I, had a, I, I started understanding how to make friends in that by sharing our commonalities, our stories. And I still had a lot of competition. Like I still had a competitor mindset. When I came to coaching, um, you know, maybe six, seven years ago, I had the competitor mindset. I wanted to be better than you. So I built programs and I built structures and, you know, curriculum. And I realized very quickly when I started this podcast that it wasn't about my structures and curriculum. It's about who I am leading you through them. So therefore, right. if it's about who I am leading you through them to your point, then there is no competition because you can't be me. You cannot be me. That's right. Nobody can be me. So it, I, can, I can give my shit out to anybody. But you can't do it like I can because you're not me. So I, I love yep. that point that you're making. And for those people that are listening, it, like, there's no competition out there if you are all, authentically you. And that's the work that you've got to do is find who you are in all the right. external shit. Yeah. And then, you know, think about this. It allows me, cause I was very competitive too. I wanted, sure. I used to be in my twenties. I hated laying in bed at night and hearing there were cars driving around. I didn't even know what they were doing, but they were up and I wasn't. Right. right. And so that's just deep. ridiculous that's and immature. Yeah. <laughs> but me knowing my fullness allows me to celebrate and be with people in theirs because I don't have to compete with you. I, I can release myself. I want to be the best. I want to. I want to win at everything. But that's not like the driving force. And this, 
I'm not coming at it from a place of insecurity because I'm in my fullness here, and I talk about fullness in three ways. I'm in the fullness of time. I've, I've given myself time. I've had enough reps. I've really honed a gift into a skill. There's fullness of an experience. I've been there, done that, walked the walk. I've worked my way through it. I'm on the other side. I'm looking back. I've processed it enough to offer it to you. And then fullness of the spirit. Like when I go through something, I, there's an anointing that takes place, so to speak. Like something happens in a, at a soul level with us where your words have weight when you mm. talk. Where like you can talk to dudes about something and it'll land with them in ways that if I said the same thing, it wouldn't land. What, what is so the this difference is a, there? Is it, is, it those, is it So those three things are pretty important. I, I know a lot of people that say, well, I can't be that until I get here. And I can't coach people until I have these level of experiences. Is that what you're talking about there? Is that true? It, it might be yeah. because you want to be, especially if you're leading other people, you want to lead them from a place of fullness where I've done the whole thing. There's that mountain that I climbed. Even if the mountain's not very big, sure. point to the mountain that you have climbed, even if it's a hill, even if it's a pebble, because then you're not trying to be somebody you're not. Yeah. And you're not, when you, when you can say, when you sit down with someone, I tell this to all, everybody I train in sales, like when you sit down with people, you want to be so authentic that you're just sitting down in the truth of who you are and what you're trying to deliver for them. Yeah. Then you don't even have to, it doesn't, like you just said before we started this interview, I don't even have a structure. We don't need one. Let's just get into the flow of the conversation. And when you can do that with people, anytime, like, you know, even to the point of this, where we have a part of our business that we just developed, it's like two years old. And it's where basically I was like, we've got to figure out how to somewhat franchise our business. And because I, there's enough of a market where I could hire 100 writers and I don't necessarily want to hire 100 writers right now. But I love coaching entrepreneurs. So we literally created a program where I was like, I'll put my business in a box and teach it to you so you can go do, build the business on your own. Yeah. And it was it, what, what did, what all we did is said, let's bring people in. Let's just give them everything we got. I got on the, on the call with these people two times a week, every week for two years and running wow. and just poured into them. And like we help people go full time from a right of like writing as a dream to full time. But what I gave them everything they needed to do to go win. And here's my whole business. I was like, I'm giving you a business in a box with this thing. But they all wanted to work with us. Hmm. So it like multiplied our talent pool now. And I did not expect that. But that result would have never happened had we not, I not been secure in, let's just, there's a huge market here. I don't have to worry about creating competition. That's what everybody told me. Like, you're just creating competition for yourself. It's like, <laughs> that, that can't happen. Like, right. yeah, there'll be more noise out there, but they all turned back and said, hey, we want to work with you guys. Like, yeah. you've added this much value. Let's keep going. And so all going back to this, knowing your story, and I think it has to be done in community with another person who can look into you and go, this thing that you think is normal and everybody does isn't normal. And everybody has that 400 plus books now I'm into, the very best part of every author, almost everyone we've worked with, and I'd say probably the last three years because it's become part of what we do. We can find things that they don't even know are there that become some of their hallmark stories, vignettes, and content. But you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. Yeah, We've got to do it in community. And people that care sincerely about us, that will sit with us long enough and let you, without judgment, totally free, lay everything on the table and just look at it. Yeah. And then you Open. can really say, this is what makes me who I am. 
That's so interesting you say that. I want to go back to something real quick because I want the audience to catch how powerful this was. I hope you, I hope you remember this. When you sit down with people in the fullness of who you are, what was the rest mm-hmm. of that? Because that was so good, man. I got like chills when you said that. Well, you're sitting in your truth and you're bringing, I think, those three things, the fullness of time, fullness of your experiences, fullness of the spirit. And you can and you can be fully present. You can remember when you sat with somebody and they were fully present yeah. with you. It wasn't about what they said. It wasn't about what they were doing. Their full presence was there. You become a very powerful person when you can do that. And that's what it is. That's what I'm talking about. But you got to know who you are so you can be secure in that. That if I just have a pen and a paper, if I don't even have a pen and a paper, I can sit down with someone and I can create value with them if I'm in my niche, if I'm in my own fullness, and that's relevant to them, I can create tremendous results with somebody and we don't need much. And you know what? If they don't get value and they don't like me, I'm okay with that too. Right. You're at peace with that. I'm not for everybody, right? So that's totally good too. That's just fine. So what we're talking about here is the absence of the ego and having to prove something to someone. So when you're sitting down with them, you know, when I teach, when I teach sales training or what we call enrollment training, enrolling somebody in the possibility that you can create or that could be created through what you have or what you offer or who you are. I'll say to them, like, people will automatically ask you to sign with you. They'll automatically want to do business with you when you are with them, when you are sharing with them openly, when you're not in your ego trying to prove something or be right or be smart or, or be the best. So, like, I, dude, I, I, there's so much depth here to what you're saying, and I really want to make sure the audience hears this. This isn't surface-level words. This is actually from what you're talking about in those three areas, time, experience, and spirit. This is deep deep stuff. And what you're saying was what, what you're saying is don't sit with somebody and trying to prove something. Don't sit with somebody and be in the looking good or looking smart or being better than or being right. Like if you really want to share a story, just be with them in the fullness of you. That 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 dude that goes way beyond what we're like the title of this episode. It goes way beyond like, yeah. I think I might actually have to change this for people listening. They're going to be like, oh, I, thought the, I thought the name was, no, I think I might have to change this. The power of your story actually isn't powerful enough to what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is the power of you and your story, right? And the, and the alignment of like what you're saying, you know, it's, it has to be in community. You have to get your stuff out on paper and let, or on the table and let other people see it. That, yeah. that's, that's, that's not physical only, that's not what you're not talking about writing it out and, and laying out 115 pages and having everybody kind of look over it and go, Oh, that's cool. That's a cool. What you're saying is like to understand. And by the way, like Aaron and I teach this all the time on stage and in our mastermind, this is what legacy is. This is what you're talking yep, about too. Right. It's who you are and how you show up, not just what you do and what you leave behind It's who you are and, and how you show up for somebody that leaves a legacy more important than money or what you've done That's right. or what you're leaving behind when you die. That's right. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, we, we talk about this in the book world, but I think it's the same as a, as a human being is I can produce an immediate ROI today. Like we're going to get an ROI. We're going to get a return, but I'm also going to do something that my kids as kids as kids are going to be impacted by. And I can do that all at the same time. And so, 
you know, and I know I hear, uh, I know you're, if I remember right from your story, you're, you in landmark, I'm hearing that come through right now with enrollment and mm-hmm. everything. And it's so good and it's so true. And it makes things a lot easier than um, just kind of sit. So I'll tell you where, like, we did not come to this as like a beautiful realization. It happened because my business was failing. Because we were getting paid to publish a book once and we were writing books twice. And that was not good. But here's what it is. Like my wife and I have been doing the same thing for 15 years. I'm 10 years into throwing. I sold my first publishing company you know, 10 years ago and I started throwing up right after. We're in our 10th year right now, which I never would have thought of would have happened. I never was even thinking in those terms. But something was happening. We realized. So we sit down with people and we interview them all day. And that's how the book gets done. The author talks, the writer writes, we're doing our thing, right? We, it happened so often that we knew between the hours of one and three in the afternoon, we called it in the beginning, the turning of the tides, a breakthrough would happen and all kinds of new things would start coming from this author. Yeah. So what we had was the author would walk in that day with a clarity level six in terms of what they wanted their book to be and their life. They would walk away that day with like a clarity level nine or a 10. Hmm which was beautiful to watch unfold. It was extraordinary. It's why we do what we do. Books are great. They just make, they just make an artifact that'll last generations. That's why I like books. But the process changes somebody. And <clears throat> we had to do this because we had to go. So what would happen is they'd have this big breakthrough, but the writer would have all this. So there'd be a, the author would be at a clarity level 10. The writer, though, would have clarity level six content. So they'd go write the book. Get it all done, and the author would then go, actually, I think my book's about something totally different now. Oh, wow. Like I had people, Inc. 5,000 founding CEOs come back and go, after this, I rebranded my whole business. And they go, keep the money for the book. We don't need to do it anymore. And I said, what the hell is happening here? Wow. And so we had to think. So I got about, what was it, six, seven people, writers, editors, videographer, architectural designers in a room for two days. And we reverse engineered what was happening. And that's how we came up with this process to then intentionally do it. So it changed our business instead of going right into like, yeah, we can get a book done. Boom, let's do it. And I could do it fast. I've gotten a book done over a weekend from idea to printing and everything. Hmm. Started on a Friday, got it on a Tuesday, fast, transactional, not not deep, just transaction. But this made us go, we're going to sit with an author for an entire day. We're going to help them process their entire life story. Then we're going to outline their book. They're going to walk away with that day with a full outline. And then we're going to start publishing later. We're going to start writing later. We got to give them this space first because it's going to change everything they think about their book, about their life, about whatever. And that's what people would start. And I think it's becoming like a tangible, measurable way. I can say if you are struggling with your purpose in life, in one day you can go from struggling to clarity and knowing who you are in a freaking day. And that sounds like I don't even like that language because I there's too much of – and I'm in the world, so I see it all the time. Like I'm in this world, but it's like how to the the seven keys to finding your purpose, and then they publish that one. The eighth key to finding your purpose and meaning in life. The keys before the keys. It's like oh come on, but it really actually it changed our business so much. If we wouldn't have discovered this and built around it and been open to changing our whole process and our whole business, it's a it's a I don't even it, it, at least a million dollar entity right now. We just 
solidified it like four years ago, whole different part of our business. And it would have ruined our business because we we're like, people are changing. I love this. This is why we do this, but we can't do the math does not work yeah. to get paid for something once and then do it twice. That's not good business. So that's where this came from that I'm talking to you about is we had to say, what is happening? Because we could predict when it was going to happen even. And it was like, you could literally see light bulbs come on in people. It's extraordinary to witness. And that's how we, then we just built a business around that. That's so cool. So that's where this came from. It was a big problem. I mean, isn't every business's evolution based on a problem and a solution and then a problem and solution. And do you find it fascinating? Like I look at our coaching business, like last night I was having a rough time, let's say self-induced bullshit mindset, emotional reaction stuff. Every entrepreneur goes through it. Even though I'm a coach, I, it oh, doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean I'm not human. I don't have the human stuff. And so Absolutely. I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, I know this thing could be bigger. I know we could help more guys. Like I know we should be helping more people. And she's like, well, let's look at the evidence. Look where you were last year at this time. You were still showing houses when you were coming home. From, you were living in California without us. You were coming home every three weeks to show houses. You're coaching on this. You're co still coaching, like not on the side. That was like another business we had. Wow. Now today, this is what Men on Purpose looks like. This is what the podcast looks like. This is what your future in the next three months, six months, a year looks like. Like let's let's make those comparisons. Not that it's a, a, a healthy thing to compare. Yet when it comes to evidence over That's your right. mindset that you have in that moment, you need to compare. Like, okay, look at myself three months ago. And I think you, like, I look at the evolution of these companies and I go, man, how did I not know that? How did I not see that shit before? That was just so simple. How did I not, how was I not open and aware to that? I, isn't that every company? Every company has to go through that type of evolution to figure out who they really are. Because at the end of the day, most people start businesses because they want more money or they want to get out of their other business or they hate their job and they start this side hustle. And then the, the, the initial evolution of the business or the, the foundation of the business is for something else or to get you from here to here or to pay you more right. here or to uh, avoid this. Whereas yep. then the business evolves to, Oh, that's the real purpose of this business. Okay. I'm now I'm clear. That's, that's what you're talking about. Do you get frustrated when you look, when you go, fuck, we just recorded this whole book and it literally can be something completely different. Now we have to go back. Do you get frustrated with that? Well, it doesn't happen anymore, but it did all the time. That's what I mean. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it did. And that was, I'm going back five, six years ago, but I, we, we, we were so committed. And I think there's a big piece. And when we're talking about entrepreneurship, finding purpose, I think I truly believe like God doesn't call me to do something as much as he calls me to someone. So he calls me to a people and according to what the people need determines then what I do. And if we are truly care about the people, like I only work with authors, mean this bottom of my heart, doesn't mean I don't like people. I only work with authors. I go, I'm excited about this person. Like I'm, if I can sincerely get excited about what they're doing, if I think they have sincere intentions, it goes right into our convictions and values we have posted up all over our business. And there's such a ripple effect to that. Then I'm excited every day. Like there's a bunch of challenges. There's a bunch of crap. Like we got the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, same yeah. thing, yeah. but I want to do it for the people. 
And that has rippled through our business. Like it's how we get great talent because they know I'm going to be fired up. I'm going to enroll them in the project. They're going to be enrolled in the project. We're having a good time. We care about the authors. We go the extra mile. All the ripple effect of that. So I think if people just know, like you're talking about here, of know, seek who your people are. Who is going to be your people? And you, for you, it's these dudes that you're coaching. And it was worth going through time where you and your wife had this shared agreement. I'm living over here and every three weeks I'm coming back. I'm doing the whole, I'm showing homes. I'm doing what I got to do to make it happen. You two are both bought into that for the people that you're now serving today. Yeah. It's a means to an end, but it's always like, we have this exercise in our, in our mental purpose curriculum that we call the first battleground, second climb. The first battleground is what the means to an end is that you're into right now. Like for me, it was real estate sales. I didn't love it. I love the money. I love some of the people, very little, but some of the people in that and in, in like client wise. Um, and there was the means to an end to, to get me to this, this coaching business that I love, that I feel fulfilled mm-hmm. and passionate about. And, and listen, there's, yeah. there's, there, it's still a business too. There's frustrations in this that I go through all the time, building oh, yeah. and scaling this business because it's like, I'm not serving enough. I'm not doing enough for these guys. I need to give them more. I need to serve more. And that's not greed. That's, that's, that's like real purpose. That's real mission. And I feel like we have to go through these cycles. First battleground, second climb. Real estate business, first battleground, second climb, coaching. First battleground, one-on-one coaching at a very low level to, to, um, to second climb, this higher level coaching. Higher level coaching, first battleground to group coaching, group coaching at a low level to group coaching at a high level and build the community. Like it always cycles like that. It always cycles like that. And I think that like you tell me what you think the story that you have. Actually, I have a, I have an interesting question. I just thought about, do you ever catch, Let's hear it. do you ever catch somebody who has been telling themselves, I'm talking like deep psychology here. Do you ever, do you ever catch somebody, not catch them, but like, make them aware of like do you ever hear somebody who's been telling themselves this story for so long and meanwhile like it's actually not true and it's not meant to like be a lie or or a falsification it was to protect themselves like something they told themselves about their parents or about their spouse that actually isn't based in reality it's based in their perception of reality and when you guys lay it out on paper they're like Oh my God. Or or like, uh, let's say a spouse sees it and they go, that never happened. But you are 100% convinced that it did. Do you ever have that happen? You know, I've, I've a lot of clarity moments, but I think almost everybody to a degree is living some kind through some kind of lie. Yeah. Or lens. I don't mean a lie like like a lens. It it might be deceit. You know, we've, we see a lot of deceit in the world right now, but it it might be like a lie. They told themselves that somebody told them a vow they made, whatever that is that became true. And I think we all have that to a degree about our own potential. You know, I do it to myself all the time and I'm really challenging myself of what, what, you know, how can I create, how can I make time expand more or how can we, you know, do X, Y, and Z, you know, new goals that we're setting that I'm like, this wouldn't even have been a thing a year ago yeah, um, or whatever. But I, I do. I mean, I remember there was a dude, a, a atheist in Australia and, you know, we're, we're a Christian company, but we don't have like crosses hanging up and stuff like that. I don't feel like I need to go, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Jeremy. I'm a Christian. If I'm doing that, right. it's really not even authentic. Not authentic yeah. My faith is a, 
My faith is a weapon. It's a tool I use. It works for me in my life. It generates results for me. Sure. So he was like, hey, can you work with me? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not with the God thing. I'm like, I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. We have, we have all kinds of clients right. uh, yeah. e- everywhere around the world. And they just every different kind of we've, – we've heard it all almost. But he saw his whole life laid out in front of him in cycles and stages. And he goes – he was like, it's almost like somebody planned all this. Hmm. And – that's really what, when we see our story kind of laid out, it makes us kind of question some of those bigger questions. Sure. It looks at you right in the face. How did all of this line up like this? Did an atheist start what to open was... up? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I said, that's a great question. Right. And, you know, we didn't go too deep or beyond that, but I knew something happened in him. Yeah. And he was a good thinking man, and he didn't stop thinking about that. Sure. And I don't know what came of it. Sometimes I see it. Sometimes they, you know, they have a, a God moment right in front of me and all those kind of things. But that happens frequently. We see people get healed. Physical healings happen right then and there. So cool. Un- incredible things happen. And so seeing healings is we see that regularly. Um, but when it's just incredible about what it, it makes me wonder this. So I'll say it this way, too. It just makes me go, what else is there that we just don't know? Or that's hidden from us right now. Yeah. There's so much more yeah. that we are capable of, that we are, um, about this world, about ourselves. And I'm not going down the rabbit hole on this, but there's just so much we have to learn. Sure. What about, do you ever have people who, um, who share their story and they realize like, oh my God, I, there's so much more that's possible. Like there's so much more I could be doing here when they see their life laid out and they're like, Oh my God, I've been playing small or I've been playing by fear. Okay. Yeah. What do they do every time? Well, and that's where we get to really challenge them and we can say what you thought, you know, our big thing is like, it's not about the book. You think it's about the book, but it's about something way bigger. Yeah, for sure. And when we really step into this fullness, it's way bigger than we thought. Somebody was here. She flew from sunny San Diego into minus one degree weather here in South Dakota to work on her stuff. And we ended up talking about her. She's a wildly talented young woman and we, were, we ended up talking about she her vision was about yay big and it ended up being this big and it wasn't because of any kind of fancy process we had she processed her story and said holy crap i've been through a freaking lot if i can get through that what else, what does that then mean about me yeah exactly and that's yeah. what you know that that's the game changer because it's real things i didn't read about it in a book right. i didn't get it from a seminar those are all good things but i see this in my life and if i can make it through this what does that mean then about my future and what I'm sure. capable of? You know, what's interesting is you go through a seminar, right? And you, you go through a seminar and you have this almost this false sense that something's possible because the guy on stage and the energy in the crowd, the frequency is giving you motivation. Really what they're saying up on there is rewrite your story. What's your next chapter look like? You're in charge. And for the people that leave there, 95% of them and go, yeah, I don't know about that the society, the government, like there's so many other things at play here. And that's like really the blame culture and, and really the Mm -hmm. majority of this country and the world of like this blame mentality and this against this and this label on this means me a certain type of, I had this conversation today. Like somebody this weekend said to me, yeah, well, I don't do that. I'm a Republican. And I go, what the hell does that mean? And he goes, well, you know exactly what it means. And I said, why? Because I'm white and five eleven. I know I I'm supposed to be a Republican or know what that means. And he goes, 
Um, I mean, sort of. And they said, do you know how dumb you sound? And it's just like, I, I realize how small-minded and narrow-thinking people are, even in powerful positions. And, and like, this guy was in a powerful position. And I don't, I don't care that I'm sharing this story. Like, I thought it was, it was like a really shitty uh, experience that I had. That I was just supposed to be pigeonholed into this thing. And this, this entity, right, is supposed to be pigeonholed. Like, everybody's supposed to be pigeonholed and has this thought process like a cult. And I thought it was just, I thought it was crazy. But, like, we yeah, are, it no, it, it, it just didn't, it didn't work for me. And some of the other guys around were like, you know, that, that actually is a pretty good point. Like, what does that even mean? Am I supposed to just be like, oh, zzz, I'm so sorry. I thought I had a thought process outside of this tunnel vision of this thing that you say has a representation of these certain pieces i, I just it was so limited and it just i allow myself to get annoyed but the, the fact of the matter is when people say like man i went to this amazing like tony robbins event or a landmark event and i go cool how's your story change how's your life change your chapter just went like this it's a blank page you have the power and they go yeah i'm processing that and they go on paper and they go, uh, no, in my head. And they go, cool, process it on paper because now you're going to see what the conscious and unconscious are battling inside. So my question mm-hmm. to you is, how does someone start? Like, let's say they just went to an event this past weekend. Like, this, these episodes drop on a Monday. They just went to an event, and now they're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated, and the rubber band st- still has some elasticity to it. And before it snaps back, which it'll inevitably do, unless you go to Landmark, which I think the rubber band snaps back a lot slower than like a UPW, which I've been to a lot of. How does someone catch and keep that thing stretched by getting their story, even just like some sentence fragments or some structure out on paper? Like, how do they do that? What's the structure for that? Is there something specific that you would recommend? Uh, well, I mean, I think if, if it's coming in the context of I'm just coming from an event and yeah. the rubber band is like this, I think, you know, from my opinion, I've been transformation train. I've been through Landmark. I've been through other transformation. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Changed my yeah. life. Uh, I mean, even a year ago, maybe not even a year. No, it was a full year ago, about a year and a half. I went through it. Change, change the game for yeah. me. But I think it's about not going back in the drift. So, like, whatever, however you feel like your story is changing, keep doing the processing on that. But then just like start, keep acting it out. Sure. I think that's the beauty of those kind of training programs in that community, is they keep put you in this environment that is not really. You don't feel like it's real life, and then you do things that you never would have done otherwise or on your own ever and but it makes it stretches you out so much um but if you're thinking of like our our burn process we can talk through that but if you're looking at here's here's the story and i'm processing everything how do i know what to use in my story what's usable uh what's relevant you know we have this concept in this process called the burn process and here's the concept of it if i throw a bunch of materials into a fire only the things of lasting value withstand the flames. I'm going to be left with diamonds, gold, and steel, for example. Yeah. So you want to do that with your story, your life, is you want to throw it into this fire, so to speak, so that you can find the things of lasting value. The diamonds that display beauty through testimony, the steel that gives strength, and the gold that is valuable to other people that you have that I will pay for. That's value. And that burn process, there's a cycle to it. It works in a cycle, and it's an acronym. And the the B in burn is for beginning. So you want to look, when you're just starting to process your story, look for beginnings. Your beginnings matter. 
the beginning of an experience ripples through that entire experience in the same way that a first impression ripples through a relationship. It's hard to shake. Hmm. How, when you had a new thing happen in your life, how did it begin and when did it begin? And we have beginnings in two ways. The first one is a loss and the other one is a leap. The loss is this thing happened to me. I didn't ask for it, want it, earn it, or deserve it. And here it is to visit upon me. I have to deal with this thing. And it's setting myself up on a new set, a new cycle, a new path. Hmm. It's a loss. Didn't want it. Then there's a leap. And a leap is where I say, there's a mountain, I'm going to climb it. And I intentionally give myself a new path in life, a new cycle. Okay? So we have this new beginning, and then we go into the you. The you and burn is urgency. Now that this beginning has happened, I've got to do something. And uh, I either choose to, like I choose to out of volition to act, or I act out of necessity. I don't know where I'm going, but I can't stay here type of a moment. And those moments require courage and we take action. And when we take action, we move into the biggest part of the burn cycle, which is the R, which is refinement. And refinement happens in three ways. The first way is street lessons, lessons you learn in the streets. Like you know things, Ian, that no other person knows. No man or woman has taught you. You learned about it in the streets. King Solomon, the richest man to ever live, said wisdom is in the streets at the highest points of the city, shouting to the simple-minded, inviting them to this banquet that he likened to wisdom. Hmm. It's everywhere. Yeah. And you got stuff, and the best stuff you probably don't see because we can't see the picture when we're in the frame. Then there's street skills, skill sets we develop on the path. You just learn how to do stuff. And because you learned in, a, in life experience, you know how to do things differently than other people. And then there's divine appointments, the right person at the right time with the right word. And as I look back, I say, had I not run into that person, I don't quite know what I would have done. And they deposited something in you. Then there's divine appointments that don't really look like divine appointments. There's people who come and take from you. They use you. They take. And if you've been used, it tells you you're usable. Okay, but they don't look like divine appointments, but they, what was meant for harm can be turned to good. And you can find somebody's glory by looking at where they have been shamed. What was meant for glory has been put to shame. That's a big example because the world will attack your, some of your most precious gifts. Then we have um, the end in burn, which is newness. And that is the fullness I've been talking about with you. That's how we identify somebody's newness, how you can do it on your own if you're listening to this. But it starts with like, I would say this, look at your beginnings. And then I'd call someone like yourself and say, what do I do with this? Here's who I am. Here's some of this stuff. Plug into a, you need to have, everybody needs to have a guide. Like coaches, guides are divine appointments. And that's where they can walk you through a cycle to bring you to an ending point. That newness is the closure and the finality of the experience. Doesn't always go the way we wanted it to or end the way we wanted it to, but there's closure to it. There's a cycle. Okay? And our life works in cycles like the earth works in seasons. Our projects work in cycles. Our day works in cycles. Like we've really expanded this out because it's so relevant. But it only happened, man. I think this is the other thing. It only happened because I just sat with people that I had my, they were my customers, but I freaking love to see them win. It, it pulls something out of me more than just I'm doing it. It's for the dollars. We, all that's there. I love making money. I love seeing people make money. I don't apologize for it. But I sat with them long enough to sit in the mess and go, let's figure this freaking thing out because something's happening here. But if we want to have that passion for people, and that's why I think people focus on your divine appointments in your life. Who has showed up? Even when you say, Ian, like I bet it maybe started this way. People show up in your life that are divine appointments that you go, I don't know why, but I love this person. I want to help them. 
They're inconvenient. They're expensive. Yeah. I don't even know if they're grateful, but I want to help them. Right. It's like I've been given a love to give them. That's a big sign of calling and where you can tap into so much in yourself by focusing on serving those people. And is that they also people something. that show up uh, like a like like I had a business partner in 2019 who, who was just a total scumbag, stole a shit ton of money. Uh, my fault for I've had one of those being uh, um, um, so insecure, non-confident to partner with a person like that. So I can't blame him totally. Uh, he's a scumbag just because of the decisions he makes, and and he's just not thinking about anybody but himself and that's okay it, it is what it is there's plenty of people like that however i wouldn't be sitting here talking to you with the knowledge that i have and the experiences i have if he didn't do that stuff right so at that right. at that moment like if i were writing a story with you i would say i wouldn't i wouldn't be the same guy that right. that stuff happened for me not to me and that was a big decision right. that i had at that moment and a part of my story is not what happened. It's the decisions I made after it happened saying this happened for me. Let's figure out why and let's move forward this way versus That's this true. happened to me and I'm a victim. So uh, is, right. is that is that legit in that in that category in that category? Divine appointments. Yeah, because then you can just go in a loop sure. like our cycles go outward. They're not full circles. They go outward Got it. and that you can stay in a loop. If you had a imagine if it would have went on for another couple of years, sure. I was in the same situation and I had to first go, you're super smart. I think this is great for people thinking about this. Um, I did this 2011 or something like that. Yeah. And, and, but I had to first go, how did I let this happen to me? Oh, and I had that. same thing. Yeah, and it's super smart. That's how you maximize these experiences that you get. Sure. And I think all the dudes in here, we can't go blame, point the fingers, this and that. It might be true because losses, I'll say this, all spiritual formation usually begins with betrayal. Hmm. And I define betrayal as the loss of relationship with a person or a thing. This person was here and now they're not. Oh, say that again. Or I'm I had this and now. All spiritual. Yeah. Almost. All spiritual transformation begins with betrayal. And this is, I define in this sense, the betrayal as the loss of relationship with a person or a thing. So can that be he or she was here? Can that be betrayal of yourself? Me? Can that be your own betrayal of yourself, your thoughts, your actions, your integrity? It certainly could be. Okay, yeah. cool. Yes, I think that's a great point. It certainly could be. And, and that betrayal kicks off the transformation. Hmm. And so like this author was here, her name's Rebecca Mann. She really helped me because when we're talking about forgiveness, because then you got to forgive the other person. And that's hard to do. And she was talking about this and she said, I had to come to a point where I said, this person over here that did this to me, they're not 100% bad. Right. They're not 100% bad. There's some good in them. They didn't show it to me. Sure. It's there. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to think about. They're not 100%. I thought that's just great awareness. Yeah. And a wonderful way to think about other people, especially if we have not so pleasant experiences with them. <laughs> I, you know, I had this conver I have this conversation a lot when people ask me about that experience, and I say it's all based on context, right? If you want to talk landmark, it's all based on lens and how you view it and what lens you view it from. Because him stealing that money and using it to pay for plastic surgery for his wife and, and a tummy tuck for himself, yeah, I said that, and for work on his truck and 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 like some other extracurricular things. I won't mention that. Um, I saw it all on the, on the bank statements, you know, like some stupid shit in there. 
Um, that context makes it, you know, makes me or like the person it's done to or person on the other side, that context makes it wrong or makes the person on the other side want to make that person wrong. Yet, if you change it to the context of he stole $680,000 and gave it to orphan children to feed the hungry, to clothe the homeless, and is it at all wrong? Well, then you go, oh, well, you know what? There's a, there's a little bit of wrong in there because it was stealing. But look what he did for it. You know, he, he helped so many people. And it's like, well, if you take right or wrong out, right, and you put serving and non-serving, it's still, it's still imbalanced, yet the person that it served best was actually me in the first scenario. And the person it served best in the second scenario was me and those kids. It's weird to think about that. If you think about not being wrong, not making somebody wrong, but using it as a serving and non-serving you know, thought process mindset, it's good. that shit is yeah, like golden. So like in my book, yeah. when you write, when you help me write my book, we're going to come up, we're going to listen back to this, and we're going to say, in yeah. this context, I could have made him wrong. In your right. context, when somebody did something to you or whatever, you could have made them wrong. However, it served me best because I'm the guy that's winning today because of that experience. Now, if he would have stolen right. the money and given it to the homeless kids, I still would have won because I would have lost that money. However, I would have gained the experience nonetheless, and those kids won. Like, that's a really cool way to think it's about good. things. And that's your job. It's on you. It's your choice to not place blame, to not make people wrong. In my opinion, trying to make people wrong is taking up mind share that doesn't need to be taken up. It's wasting right. brain power as to figuring out a solution going forward. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it doesn't add any value. No. It's not going to do anything. No. <clears throat> It'll keep you in loops. You'll be running in a circle. Yeah, totally. So one, one more question about, like, dude, that formula is that's freaking awesome, by the way. I love the structure Thank of you. that burn. In the newness, can you just, just get a little bit more detail in there? So I have closure in the finality of the experience. Can you go into more depth there? Yeah, so you had, you had a, something happened, and you had a beginning. You, in urgency, you processed the idea. And so you're thinking through, you're making decisions, you're processing it. This is where all consumers of books, of things, clients, they're deciding they need you. Uh, the refinement, you went through the process, you did the things, you did the stuff. And then the newness is the closure of it all. It comes to some kind of conclusion and finality. It isn't always the finality that we wanted. Like someone told me once, I lost my job the other day. I guess I now have a new beginning. Well, you had newness. You got fired. And that was the finality of that cycle of your life. And you get to process that to learn. Don't look at it like, boom, a new beginning, because there's time to process the newness of even when you get a new result, it, you still have to process that and experience that experience of what does this mean and what do I want to take from it? Yeah. So you look at then, and that's where the fullness comes in, the fullness of time. You've walked the walk. It's, it's all been there. It wasn't just sometimes... The, the thing that messes up this whole thing is revelation hmm. or transformation, right? It just goes, boom. It just, it, you go all the way through it all at once. It's like it, you didn't even need to go through the walk. And that's, a, I think, a divine miracle. I think it's miraculous. I think yeah. it's a gift from God, wisdom bestowed upon us uh, that we didn't even earn or deserve. It was just a gift. Sure. Um, that messes this whole thing up. But there's the time of it all and healing, 
understanding. It, it has to have some time usually. And according to the severity of the beginning and the cycle we went through determines the amount of time I need to process that to really let it soak in. Interesting. So then there's, there's the fullness of the experience. What I, I, I want to be, I know when I'm in newness because I've walked the walk, I've been there, done that, I'm through it, I'm on the other side of that experience, I'm looking back at it, it's separate from me now, I'm not in it anymore, and I've processed it enough to where I can make meaning from it and help you make meaning from it that's relative to your life and relevant to you. Okay, so there's the experience. Now, look at all that I'm bringing to the table. I talked to you about the street skills, the skills we acquire and develop, and they're always hidden from us usually. We have tremendous skills. Now, think about this. If you and I are thrown into the jungle, we're going to either die or we're going to become survival experts. Sure, yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, I'm no handyman, but if me and you are in the jungle and I see a lion 100 meters that way, I'm going to have a, a spear made in like two minutes, okay? And if you were to ask me in the moment, Ian, like, hey, Jeremy, how did you make that spear? I'd be like, dude, I don't know. I'm trying to survive. There's a lion coming, and then, you know, we try to outrun each other. Yeah. But let's say we're six months removed from the jungle. We're sitting here having this conversation. You said, hey, Jeremy, remember you made that knife back here, that spear? You remember that? Oh, yeah, I do. How did you do that? And if you help me think through how I did that, we could create a one-of-a-kind custom spear. We could help other people make spears. We could leave this, hey, if kids, if you ever find yourself in the jungle, here's the spear to make. Here's how to do it. Right. We could make a manufacturing process to make a thousand of those things a day, and they would sell better than any other spear because no other spear has a story of, I survived a lion right. and killed it with <laughs> this spear, and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, it's, See what I'm it's saying? so clear. Yes, yes. It's so clear. And that is the process, I think, that comes out of looking at my life, seeing these cycles, and having the newness there that goes, here is a freaking result that I created, and a whole a community came together around me. It never happens on our own. The great ones never happen alone. And then I get to do this. The diamonds, the gold, the steel, look at them. Burn it, sit them right in front of you, and just because you got a bunch of gold from an experience doesn't mean you need to carry it with you. The gold does not rot. It does not mold. It will not go away. You secure it. You put it on a shelf. You lock the door, and when you need it or when you want to, you go back and you get it, and you use it then. That's a business model. One of your ideas, Ian, where you go, that freaking thing is a home run, yeah. but it's not right now. I'm going to put it on the shelf, okay. and when I need it, I'll go get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, all, all kinds of ways. So, and that's where even going to the book world, it's your next best book. It's not about publishing a book or the 10, your next best book. What's the very next one, the most relevant one right now that is pinpointed, going to help somebody reach their goals? Or what's their next, how are they going to wield their story in the context they're currently in? Whether they're in a nonprofit raising money, whether they're an executive, whether they're somebody trying to be a better dad, a better husband, how can I take all that I've gotten from my experience in life and bring it to the table? So go through the, this is fascinating, honestly. Go through the diamonds again. What was the diamond one? So the diamond, yeah, the diamond is, diamonds display beauty through testimony. So that's where I'm really seeing how do I share my story? What kind of testimony do I have? I think everybody's got a testimony to a degree. And I get to say, you know, dude, people care about your testimony or about your personal narrative. 
It's a difference maker. And there's testimony in that. Like um, healing creates more healing. You know, when I can tell somebody, somebody came in here, they hurt their knee, couldn't even do a squat, prayed over them, told them to squat, bam, done. Knee is totally healed. Now that creates, that stimulates their faith and said, well, what can we pray for about you? What do you got going on? What's going on? Like, you know what I'm saying? It, healing creates healing. Those results create other, other kind of results like that. Got it. So testimony matters. Um, and, then, and you can convince. Yeah, go sorry, ahead. sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, what, what about the steel one? But finish that one. Yeah, the, uh, the, I was going to say, I think testimony convicts people and creates movement in ways that like facts and, and stuff doesn't. Got it. So in, in the landmark world, since you know it, this is what you would call the background of relatedness when it comes to enrollment. Yeah, I didn't, I, I went through landmark like forever ago, <laughs> but I remember like, okay, I know a little bit yeah, of you it. Can... And I was very unaware when I went through it. I don't remember much. You should do it again. I was one of those guys walking yeah, I should. I was one of those guys walking around going, I feel incredible and I don't even know what happened right, right. in some, this train. Some weight now, lifted from you. Uh, exactly. And then how about the steel? Yeah, so the steel is what gives strength. And as what, what we say what gives strength is you can give somebody a process to follow. We get a uh, guy talk, just talked to Jim Oliver, author today. He goes, people get confidence from using systems that have already worked for other people. Steel gives strength. It gives somebody a sturdy thing to build with to stand on, to do something with and create something. So steel are those things where, like I told you about the um, the spear. You did something, you built something that you didn't even know you were doing. Yeah. And it, it's only upon reflection you find it. it. So there's steel that gives strength and then there's gold that is value. Like what do I have internally, externally that could be valuable, that could be packaged up as a value package that's just sitting here in front of me? that I didn't really realize. And someone like yourself could look at somebody's life and go, hey, put this and this and this together and you got a whole package to start a whole business over here yeah. and it's with something they do naturally, right? You do that all the time, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the way that you, the way that you wrap this has never, has never like made me want to write my story out or, or like tell my story in in. I, I know I, like I'm, I'm processing all this. I'm like, wow, I'm actually excited to tell my story. Even though I tell my story a lot. I mean, I have this, this forum, I, I have the mental purpose community and I have other things, you know, coaching and events and stuff that we do for other companies. I just, now what I'm, what I'm hearing here is a totally new format and structure to tell my story that will actually impact people at an even higher level. Cause I've, I've been pretty intentional with how I share my, myself, my stories, not protective, intentional, not like I hold shit back cause I'm afraid of you finding out that I'm a vulnerable or I'm emotional. I don't care about that. I've been intentional with how I share so that it doesn't look like me just sharing for nothing. It's like, I'm sharing because I want you to understand that I've been through some shit too. Maybe somewhat like you have, we're on common ground there. And I also got through like this, my steel. I've had, I put together this structure and system to help myself through it. And if you're open to it, I'd be happy to share that with you too. That's how I'm Boom. intentional with it. So beautiful. Last thing. Like, as I think about all the positive here, I think about, are there negative implications to sharing your story, to, to telling the truth yep. and to, 
just revealing everything so you get it off your chest. However, somebody might get hurt. You might reveal something that people take as a different way than you intended. Great it. question. So what's the negative implication of sharing your story? Great question. So we run into this all the time. Like there's some stuff that happened to me and there's some people that are still alive that are negative influences in this story. What should I do? So we have convictions in our company. Values tell you what's important. Convictions tell you what you'd sacrifice for. What we always do, our first two convictions are truth and honor. I want to say true things. I want to say the truth, only the truth, the whole truth, and in a way that honors everybody involved. And if I can't do those two things at the same time, I just don't say it. So, but what happens when, what are the negative implications of sharing your story? There's going to be people that come and steal. Sure. They're going to see the diamonds, the gold and the steel, and they're going to want it and they're going to take it and they're going to do some stuff to you. You, and the, it there comes down to also discernment of people who, you know, if my lake is a hundred feet deep, what's the lung capacity of the other person or how, what's my lung capacity to take them deep with me? Huh. Am I going to go 10 feet, 50, a hundred? Am I going to skip a rock across the surface and call it a day? So we get to be discerning with who we really share these valuable pieces of our life with and to what degree you don't have to go all the way every time. Like I'm authentic. And I, when I, but when I go to grab my coffee and she goes, Oh, Jeremy, how you doing today? I don't go, well, you know, stub my toe on the bed and that kind of kick things and like just right, unravel right, my right. life. I go, I'm, I go, I'm pretty, pretty phenomenal. You know, that's what I say all the sure. time. And it's just like, I don't, it's not relevant. So I want to use the gifts, these diamonds, gold and steel in a way that is relevant and appropriate for the situation. So like, it's like relevant authenticity and just expect it. Like, Jim Rohn's my boy. Like I, uh, you know, bless his soul. He an uh, incredible teacher. And I love, I love a lot of the things he said, but he always say, that's just the way it is. He said, when you plant a garden, the rabbits are going to show up. It's just the way it is. It's all right. And, you know, like you say, there's people who will serve and who won't serve or however you want to frame it up. It's just going to happen. It's okay. Like when you authors, when you create a great book, when you create something of incredible value, all this kind of stuff, somebody's going to steal it. Somebody uh, in Australia is you're going to go on eBay of Australia and go, my book's being sold for five dollars more over in Australia, and I don't know how they got it. It's going to happen, and so that's what you get to do as a creator. Is when you do put yourself out there, there are going to be people who come after you. There's going to be people who try to steal, who use you, and it just lets you know that you're usable. And a thief only goes after perceived value. So you know you got something valuable when those kind of folks show up or those circumstances. Yeah, I love that, man. How do you – I do have like 50, 50 questions that have come up in my mind for you. Last one. So like how do you, how do you see through somebody's – like their pain or their ego wanting to hurt somebody or um, like get a story out because of like malice or malice, like malicious intention. Are you able to see that? And how do you discern that? Cause you, you, you could have someone that's really upset with their father for not being around or their mother yep. for, you know, not protecting them from getting beat up by their dad or whatever it might be. And they're telling a story to not tell the story, but to hurt that person. If they read it, that's their intentionality, not to teach oh, yeah. other people. How, how do you um, how do you ferret that out or like smoke that out? Well, I I mean it comes down with um, I tell them the truth in a way that's honoring to them. Okay. And so like these cycles, when we're in the midst of one of these cycles, we shouldn't be writing a book about it. 
you want to write a book from fullness and from newness. Now, it doesn't mean like if you want to write a book about how to become a better man, we're, we're continuously on that until the day we die. So you don't have to be totally in the perfection of the thing. There's certain cycles. We're always in cycles, going into new ones, finishing up other ones in every area of our life. And this also helps me problem solve in my day-to-day life. Well, we're not going to go there now because I know we're wrapping this thing up. But I, I, I just tell them that. And I don't, I don't do those kind of books. I only, one of our other convictions with truth is experience-based content only. If they haven't, if they can't point at the mountain that they want to write the book about that they have climbed, I just don't do that. Yeah. And I don't say, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to blow. I just refer them onward. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to say true things without being honorable to everybody ever. Mm-hmm. And that helps me feel good about the projects too. So again, it goes right back to our convictions we have as a company of like, this is how we're going to work. This is who we are going to be in every engagement we're in. So it does. And we, but I would say this, you can still share your story because as you share your story, it should be privately shared with people because it processes it all out. So you might start with an unforgiveness thing, um, uh, malice intent, envy, you know, whatever it is. And And if you don't, and you can work through it. My son, his biological mother was killed and horrible thing. And I remember him saying to me, dad, how am I going to make it through this? And I just said, don't stop talking to us about it. Yeah. You can't stop talking about it. So still share your story and those kind of things, but discern that of like, ah, all right, this is not, I don't have good intentions here or whatever it is. I'm going to share it over here with a pastor, with a mentor, with a therapist, a professional to work through it. And that is part of the refinement process that brings something into newness. That's probably part of the story. But you don't want to publish a story when you're in the midst of it. No. So like we have something in, in, our, in our world when we're coaching people, group coaching, doing corporate coaching, one of our events, mastermind, whatever. We always say, do not come to us with your wounds bleeding out. You are in charge to bandage that wound and come share the bandage or the scar with us. Do not, you you might not be able to get from bandage to scar on your own. You might need help. Yet your responsibility is do not come open wound and bleed all over this group because that's you in pure emotional reaction and nobody's benefiting from that because you're just going to trigger everybody else's emotional shit and everybody's gone at that point. That's right. Um, Yep. Totally. Dude. It's good. This is this has honestly been a a really fun and enlightening interview. Like I'm really excited to to, to connect with you offline and just figure out what mountains I've conquered that that could really help people out through my story and like your structure for how you share and how you get stuff out of people. I've never heard it put like that, and it's very intriguing to me. Well, I appreciate that. And I want to encourage people listening. Like, I think this is a great podcast. You put a lot of work into it. It's clear. Like, this isn't just a podcast you do and uh, you're on the phone. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you put a lot of production value into it. And I think I want to encourage people to subscribe, like this, share this with another dude that you think could find some value in it. And I think your communities that you're building up is, is super valuable. Dudes need to be around other dudes and not just at coffee shops and stuff, but doing dudes connect shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And we want to be doing stuff together and talking about it. I think that's what's great about what you're produced and are producing. So yeah. I want to encourage people to check that out too. And that, that's, a shame, that's a plug from me to you <laughs> that you didn't ask for. Yeah, I but I really it. think what you got is valuable. Now, dude, I, so I'm thank you for having me on. Very grateful for that. Yeah, grateful for you, for you to be here and um, to share – your story in this format and share, like, dude, I'm telling you, the depth, if people might not realize it, 
because maybe you and I are at a different place in our lives than some guys who are a little, you know, newer to the game, uh, the personal development game or the self-reflection game or the self-awareness game. I'm telling you right now, I've got thousands, thousands and thousands of hours in this. I've never seen structure like this when it comes to sharing a story. And this changes my game. You being on just for the audience to know, like this now changes my game and my world and the mental purpose stuff. So like you, you really like, Thank you. you did some game changing today, man. I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That means yeah. a lot. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So, all right. That's, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the dude is going to, we're going to have to have you back on this. You and I could probably go like another two hours and just hang out and have fun. You're, you're a great interviewer. Thanks, I appreciate man. this. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for you. having me on. Um, Jeremy Brown, where can people find you? Um, well, I think, you know, the best thing to do is you can go to all the search engines and stuff, but we're, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, thronepg.com. I'm sure you have the links and stuff, but I think, you know, if I could give one quick final word in here as we're, as we're checking out, it would be to find somebody like an Ian, like a friend, like a peer who is willing to sit with you and bear witness to whatever you're going through or whatever you have gone through to find those things. That is the yeah. burn process is sifting it through. You gotta, you can't do it alone though. You gotta go find somebody. So that'd be my, that'd be my call to action. Uh, and to keep, keep moving forward in that. Yeah, man. Look, I'll tell you right now, there are a lot of guys that come to me and I have them fill out a form. Hey buddy. Um, and I, and I'll say why, why a coach, not a therapist. And let's say a therapist had an agenda. And that's the main, that's the main reason I get. And they'll say a therapist has an agenda to keep me coming back. And the one thing that I say to people that I didn't like about therapists is whether you help me or not, I'm, I'm just supposed to come back. I've had one therapist that said, you're here for six months. If you're past six months, you're not doing the work and I'll fire you. And I was like, oh. And so I started to build an understanding of a coaching business around that, which is I don't want to sell you anything else. If you want to buy more from us, you can. If you want to stay in our world, you can. I really want, and this hasn't always been my, I, my philosophy, but it is like in the last probably six months, I don't want you here forever. I want to be so influential to you, empower you so much that you can get your shit together and get your shit online and authentic and aligned that you move out into the world as a man on purpose and do your influencing out there and then bring it back to Boom. the community and tell us what you've done. If you're here for years and years and years and you're in the same cycles, I failed. I failed. So things like this, and the, the way that I show up on here and the way that I encourage guests to show up, this is me out in the world demonstrating what it's like to be a man on purpose, running a podcast called Man on Purpose. So thanks for your recon oh. recognition. Oh, my God. Recognition. <laughs> what the? Recon recognition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Recognition. No, recognition of uh what we're doing here man it's, it's very powerful it's it's uh it's really near and dear to our hearts so um yeah awesome. dude, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have everything in the show notes for everybody we're gonna have all this stuff written out we're gonna have the uh burn process out we're gonna have like everything that jeremy described in detail here we will write that out in the show notes you can copy and paste you can do whatever you want with it because there's no competition here it's all a giant cooperation among men to grow and evolve together awesome yeah dude Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me on. Yep. Uh, I really, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to stay connected with you. So guys have a great night. I so appreciate you having me on and yeah. uh, it's been a blast. You're a great interviewer. Thanks man. Appreciate that. And guys, if you uh, want more information about Jeremy, go to thronepg.com. You can find out more about him, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. We'll provide all that in the show notes. 
If you haven't yet joined the Mental Purpose community, get on there. Be on purpose. Join the Mental right. Purpose community. There's free coaching. There's free resources. You've got this as a free resource. Our job is to provide as much value and then help you along the way however you can. Um, appreciate you guys listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.